Hola, mis amigos, y bienvenido a Matinee. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Julia. And I'm Marianne. As you may, if, if the, for those of you that are polyglots like me, that understood what I said, I said, welcome to Matinee. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So speaking of that, uh, <laughs> whatever that was. Um, today, we have a very exciting guest. Uh, he logged on to the video call wearing a luchador mask. Campbell Falconer is here. <laughs> Hello, Campbell. Hey, uh, longtime listener, first time caller. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for coming. Um, yeah. You, that was you a... picked quite a film. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to tell us about what, what movie you picked? For the show yeah, today. Uh, so I picked uh, Jack Black's 2006 magnum opus, uh, Nacho Libre. <laughs> what was it about Nacho Libre that made you want to bring it to our podcast? Um, it's funny because like Nacho Libre is like a movie that came out. It's it's almost like a little too late for it to technically be like formative, I think, to, to an extent. Because like that, that movie came out in 2006, so I was like already kind of like in my teens um at that point but like you're still, uh, you're, still, still you're still forming in your that teens. still counts sure sure i like because the other big ones that i can think of are like star wars which i think nobody should ever talk about on a podcast ever again I and agree. uh we've like, actually vowed to not do that which one star wars oh yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> sick that's a good call um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, this was a movie that like, cause like School of Rock was really big for me as like, a, like yeah. when that came out in like 2003, like I saw that in theaters and like, um, was very into like the rock and roll movie, Allo Wayne's World 2. And then when Nacho Libre yeah. came out, it was like, it was like another big Jack Black thing. And I just, like my sister and I used to watch it a lot when we were younger and like, is a movie that like i think is it's it's jared hess who's like the same screenwriter and director as nacho libre and i think it's very like infinitely quotable in that way um you mean napoleon dynamite? sorry yes napoleon dynamite um and then uh and then like the other big thing is that like when i was a kid i wasn't really it wasn't so much that i wasn't like allowed to watch wrestling it was more so that my parents were like wrestling is stupid and we don't want to pay money for that uh so yeah, you can't watch it the same thing. yeah and that was like, like you know there you were went... conversations about wrestling in both of your well, when you have like teenage boys in your house it comes up right okay well, i wouldn't know but it's like i think it's, it was like almost like a cultural thing of like growing up in that time from like 98 to like the early 2000s when yeah. wrestling and was like at its biggest you know like everybody at school had an nwo t-shirt or like a stone cold steve austin shirt and so like this was this was kind of like the closest thing to wrestling that i like was allowed to watch then right. you know and oh, like I now i realize that wrestling was like a thing oh yeah huge thing you knew about this? Of course. <laughs> I guess that's not a thing that made it to Greece. No. It's very North American. I, I This mm -hmm. movie is so out of left field for me that I was like, oh, it's, it's so random. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's just, just a random thing to make a movie about. Okay. But I see that there's, yeah, an in actual interest in wrestling. 
Well, yeah, and as like now as like a grown adult who like fucking loves wrestling and like hosts a wrestling podcast, I can like trace a lot of that back to like I don't think Nacho Libre was necessarily like an instigating thing, but like looking back on it now is like it makes a lot of sense. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. So you would have seen this movie when it came out. Yeah, I definitely didn't see this in theaters, and like I think that's like kind of speaks to this movie a little bit i think it's a little underrated because it's this is like like i said it's like jack black's follow-up to school of rock meets jared hess's follow-up to napoleon dynamite and i feel like this should have been like the biggest thing in the world for me in middle school and uh like i definitely didn't see it until like a year later and i feel like a lot of people kind of slept on it and still sleep on it a little bit i think that this movie kind of flew under the radar like i'm a huge jack black fan and i think I've seen most of his films, but this one I had only ever seen in bits and pieces, I think, on TV. I don't think I'd ever watched it all the way through. Today, I watched it today, and that was my my first time. What about you, Maria? My ex-friend made me watch it, and uh, yeah, her dad really liked the movie. It, it, I remember liking it, and that would have been like, I don't know, five years ago, and I didn't know about this movie at all before then, and I maybe I think it when I watched it five years ago, I thought it was really funny, maybe, or I have that recollection. Mm-hmm. Didn't feel that way this time around. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, I had a different memory of the movie. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen this movie probably I would say like easily over 20 times. Uh like like I said, I used to watch this all the time with my wow. sister when we were younger, and then like it's become kind of a thing where like uh a f- few years ago like i was touring with a band that i was playing in at the time and we just decided that we were going to watch nacho libre in like every city that we stayed in and like whoever whoever was like nice enough to let us sleep on their floor we forced them to watch nacho libre with us <laughs> um and that Bonding. just Bonding yeah it's and so it's like it's just become like our 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 movie and like has had kind of like a resurgence in my adult life uh, a little bit. I thought that you were going to say you decided to cover one of the songs on tour or something. That would have been way better. <laughs> that would have been really the cool. songs are very strange. In next, this next tour, you got to do that. Yeah. Jack Black looks so young in this movie. You know, I think I recently saw him on TikTok. He's like, mm-hmm. have you seen Jack yeah, Black's TikTok? I he, fucking love his TikTok. His TikTok is very funny. He kind of just, dis- I feel like he disappeared in like the late 2010s and like him re- re- re-emerging with like white beard is kind of strange. I love it. Did Did you see on TikTok though when he shaved everything and he like, he looked like a giant baby and it was like. No, I want to see that. I refuse to look at that. <laughs> yeah. I definitely want to want to see that. <laughs> He's a strange guy, but I like, I so understand his energy. Like he's so fucking intense and like so hyperactive. And I so get that. (laughs) He is a star and and you're right. And in many ways, this is, you know, one of his biggest performances. Like he carries this movie in a way that few people carry movies, I think. (laughs) That's another thing that kind of I was kind of talking about with Rory is that this is the this feels like towards the end of those kinds of movies of like having like one comedian make the movie with their style of comedy. You know what I mean? Like the Adam Sandler's, yeah. the 
uh, Steve Martin's the, you know, yeah. white men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and after that, I feel like people started gravitating more to like ensemble casts and stuff. Like, I I couldn't think of one movie that is like held on one star anymore. Yeah, yeah. especially comedy. These, those broad comedies like Austin Powers, etc. Like there, mm-hmm. that was early two thousands to mid two thousands was really when those were breaking the box office. Do we do we think and, that like uh, the Love Guru was the nail in the coffin for that genre of movie? <laughs> But honestly, probably that and Don't Mess with the Zohan. Oh, boy. Those are two of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, you know what? That reminds me of Borat. No. Mm-hmm. Wait, you can't even is that different? to Borat. <laughs> no, but is it the different kind of like, Oh, you know what I mean? Isn't it kind of yeah. in the same category? But Borat is different because he's interacting with real people. Okay. It's more of like a yeah. prank kind of. Yeah. I, will, I have a real soft spot for the love guru just because it's like the only time i've ever seen the toronto maple leafs win the stanley cup so like <laughs> so funny in a in a terrible fictional film that sounds about right go let's go gotta gotta give something to fans mm-hmm. i do respect how much mike myers loves the leafs yeah he does yes, he does <laughs> um okay let's get into nacho Libre. okay yes please <clears throat> So we open on a montage and I immediately was like, oh, Napoleon Dynamite. I didn't even know that this was the same writer-director duo as Napoleon Dynamite, but I immediately knew. Um, We see like a drawer opening and a Bible and some old drawings, including one of a luchador. And there's all these various shots of a hand grabbing different supplies uh, to make a costume. Uh, It's a little kid putting together luchador costume he gets caught and he's pulled back into his normal life of i guess training to be a priest (laughs) no i think he's he's, an orphan as well he is he's he's an orphan who is being he's being raised to be a friar for the monastery right he cooks like they they push him into the kitchen and he's like cooking the soup right yes uh he's in ohaka I know. Where you've been, Maria. I recognize mm. a lot of the places. It brought me back. Maria's I have a lot last, to say. Her last trip, like right before the pandemic, was to Oaxaca. Oaxaca. And oh, she did it because she loves Nacho Libre so much. She had to go. <laughs> you, had to, you had to try the elote for yourself, eh? You had to get a piece of that corn. <laughs> she had it to- is so good, by the so way. So good. It made me want it so badly. Even when he like <laughs> killed the guy with the elote, I was like, oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> The best part about actual elotes that they sell on the street is that they also have crickets on them as garnish. Mm. And those crickets have like are so fucking good. It's so disgusting to look at with our Western eyes, but (laughs) so tasty to eat. You know, Mexico famously not in the West. but Oh, I mean, you know what I mean. Maybe in this movie. This movie is like a weird. This, like, yeah, this movie puts it in a weird place. A weird mm-hmm. kind of time and space that doesn't really exist. But that's like yeah. super. I feel like that's really similar to the the Napoleon Dynamite thing, where it's like if you had to try yeah. and pin down like where and when Napoleon Dynamite happens, it's like there's a there's a specificity there that that is kind of like weird. I gotta tell you both something before we continue. I have never seen Napoleon Dynamite and do not intend to. Oh my god. So I need you to know that whenever that is mentioned, I will have nothing to say. That's fine. 
<laughs> I mean, it's not fine. That should happen but... <laughs> more often. <laughs> okay, I I get it. <laughs> okay, so um, this kid has grown up into Jack Black, and he is yes, as you said, he's the cook at the monastery. Um, he's making really, really sad looking food and serving it to a bunch of kids at the orphanage. Um, so he's a Catholic priest. His name is Ignacio. Ignacio. And when he's in church, he's always like sketching luchador costumes. Like he's fully obsessed. A new nun comes to the orphanage to teach. Before we get to the, to the new nun, I just like on the, on the opening sequence, like, I, I just want to talk about for a second, like, how much I love that opening. Like, I feel like movies now don't have, like, a real opening credits anymore. You get, like, I don't know, all the mo- movies that I watch now are, like, Marvel or Disney or Star Wars, which is all the yeah. same thing, I guess. But, like, you just get, like, the opening thing of, like, Marvel and it shows a bunch of superhero faces or whatever. And this was so... This is very, uh, very Wes Anderson, kind of. It's, I wrote that I wrote down. down. I said this yep. movie has a lot of west has very like in, strong west anderson cinematography and like feel and like awkward pauses and like strange mm-hmm. close-ups on like strange characters no. um i don't know what that's about i don't know if it's good or bad it's stylistic <laughs> it's also this opening sequence is like so it's such like good succinct succinct storytelling like i feel yes. like they do in this one little montage and time lapse like you understand everything about who this character is um, and you can just kind of like dive right in and, and, uh, yeah, it's nice and simple. It's quick. I think that's a very, very good point. And I actually wrote that down at a couple points in the film. There's a lot of really good, like showing and not telling, um, mm-hmm. just because Jack Black has such an expressive face. Also, they're able to do that so much throughout the film. Like, you know, what's going on and you know who this guy is, even without anyone telling you anything. Yeah, there's a sense of like blind ambition that he has that I get from him without him like necessarily saying it all the time. Yeah, manic energy. (laughs) And like his his love for the orphans is so like that's the thing that grounds it and makes this like not a dumb movie or makes him not a shitty person is like how much he loves the children. I also love that they refer to them as the orphans. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so absurd i know and yes so this nun this new nun comes um she's hot spoiler alert <laughs> and she's there to teach the the children at the orphanage and ignacio is clearly into her and struggling with this because he has taken a vow of celibacy they both have um sister encarnacion yes which is a very dramatic name <laughs> yeah um so one day he's he picks up this big bag of chips. Is this something this is something he does like every day, right? He goes to get these tortilla he, chips. Yeah, he goes to the town to get the the chips that say orphans chips on them. <laughs> I want to have like a themed party and write that yes. on the chips. <laughs> you should just write it anyway. I'm going to write that on yeah. every bag of chips now. And so before he picks up the chips, he's I think he picks up the chips on the way back from visiting the man with influenza. Which is like a sequence that I love so much. Yeah, he he's like in charge of giving people their last rites. That's kind of like well, no, it's actually his first time because oh. he wants to do more priestly duties. But he's been he's mm-hmm. been kind of assigned the crappy things. Yeah, the cooking, yeah. the dead people, <laughs> dead guy duty, cooking duty, 
maybe it's time for him to get some better duties. Yes. I, w- I will laugh every time someone says duty <laughs> until the day I die. Yeah. So, okay. So he goes to get the orphan's chips and he gets mugged. Um, there's some bonkers slapstick comedy right off the bat. And you immediately know what kind of movie this is going to be. Like he farts every time he moves. I hated that. <laughs> I, and that did I love happen. the farts. The farts are so funny. Whoever did sound design on this movie should have won a fucking Oscar for the, like the farts insane. alone. There's there's a lot of fun sound design. You know when they're eating the chips later and it's so fucking loud and they're like gulping and like it's yeah, just so the, yeah. Um, the toast sound effects. Know- the my my favorite sound effect is when he's in like the first match and he's like talking to the crowd and he's he's saying like hey that looks like some pretty good corn. Send me a piece of that corn for later. And then he makes like a whip cracking motion and it plays a whip sound for no reason. Oh, yeah, I, I remember that. That's so cartoonish. I love it. My favorite sound was when they're eating the toast later. Yes, mm-hmm. my Which God. Get it so much. Um, but I just want to say, in, in um, talk while we're talking about fart sound design, I watched a Larry King interview with Paul W. Downs from like Broad City and uh, the characters. And he was saying how he records his own farts because he doesn't think that um, the library, the sound library farts sound like real farts. So he records his own and he uses them in the show. It would use them in Broad City and stuff. Genius. He was telling Larry King and Larry King was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Delightful. Okay. Yeah, so he gets mugged. There's this crazy slapstick comedy. On the way home, he sees this famous luchador who's being swarmed by fans and the media on his way into the ring. Ramses. We're exposed to the glamour. Mm -hmm. Um, Who, Ramses, I'm going to point this out like a couple of times, but Ramses is played by like an actual Mexican luchador. I was wondering. Um, who, yeah. Yeah. So that that is uh, Silver King, who's like the son of Dr. Wagner, who's like a fairly famous uh, Mexican luchador. And Silver King actually died in the ring of a heart attack two years ago. He was 51 years old, still wrestling. Um, his His brother, Dr. Wagner Jr., is still wrestling, and he's like 54 now, I think. Um, Holy crap. And he's... And his brother died in the ring. Yeah, yeah. Um, Google Dr. Wagner Jr. Because that dude is cut. He is like the most in shape, handsome, like 50 plus year old I think I've ever seen. I'm Googling right now. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) He's all oiled up. Yeah. Oh my God. Whoa. Okay. Get it. Would you? (laughs) No. No. I had to check. I had to check. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So he sees this famous luchador and he sees a flyer about an upcoming kind of like. Um, oh, it's for new luchador. competition. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he has this kind of it's light like a, bulb like moment. Open again. mic night. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um, and he has this light bulb moment. And like, again, his expressive face just tells us everything we need to know. Um, mm-hmm. So Ignacio and Sister Encarnacion mm-hmm. uh, eat toast together one night. He's kind of trying to like <laughs> become friends with her. Um, <laughs> incredible sound design. I've never heard it's, a crunch like also, that in my life. 
the shot of the toast like coming out from under the door where like he shoves the plate and then he like scuffs the toast across the dirty floor onto the plate that really reminded me of something that i would do (laughs) yeah um so he tells her about how his mom was a scandinavian missionary and his dad Mm -hmm. um lived in mexico and they tried to convert each other uh but then they got married instead and then they died and then they died died. (laughs) (laughs) um she tells him about all of her hobbies and her interests and he's like oh my god those are all my favorite things too so i appreciate them putting in like an in-universe reason for why jack black is white but like in this movie is that like his mom is scandinavian although i still didn't love the way that I don't know the the this vision of like Mexico wasn't my favorite. I think we should talk about that okay, after we yes. get through the plot. Yes. There's a lot to dig into there. Yes, yeah. But I I agree. When they said uh, his mom was Scandinavian, I was like, okay, they clearly put that line in for a reason. Yeah, but his dad was still Mexican anyway. Okay, go. <laughs> I mean, white people live in Mexico. Yeah, n- n- yeah, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot to say. We'll talk. Jack about Black it. is white. Okay, we'll keep going. Um, so he tells her about how he doesn't have enough money to give the kids any good food. He's basically making them like slop every day. Um, Mm -hmm. and he tells her a little bit about the luchador that he saw and he's kind of excited about it, but she's like, he's a false idol. You shouldn't get into that stuff. So he also gets in trouble for making bad food, um, because he got mugged. He didn't have chips, which I guess was the only good part of the meal and everyone's pissed Mm -hmm. off. Um, so he hops on his little motorcycle scooter thingy. <laughs> Tricycle, which is what I imagine you drive. He, this is the part where he, he blows up and he, he talks about the duties. And he, and and for all of the like jokey quotes in this movie about like a collection of Russian nesting dolls, he has a line here where where when he like walks out and and I think Chancho, the the little fat orphan, uh, goes out to talk to him, which side note, Chancho yep. means pig. Um <laughs> And oh and God. Jack Black Jack Black says I'm the gatekeeper of my own destiny and I will have my glory day in the hot sun and that that was fucking cool. <laughs> I wrote that down and I put it in bold. Yeah. I was like, you know what? That's a good quote. That's like you're gonna see someone's like Instagram graphic being like self care. <laughs> like you are the gatekeeper of your own destiny. <laughs> yeah. Live, laugh, have your glory day in the hot sun. Like that's a sick quote. Oh, that's kind of like... It got me kind of hyped. So he goes out, he finds the guy who robbed him, he tackles him, and he's like, I need your help. Um, He wants to recruit him to basically be like a... to do this competition thing, and they can win 200 pesos if they they win it. Mm -hmm. So they train together. There's all this disgusting poop stuff. They smear poop on (laughs) each other's faces. Excuse me, hold on. Wait a second. (laughs) What was that about? Can someone explain this gag to me? I didn't get it at all. I think it was just poop. Yeah, but why? Yeah. They're training. Because poop's funny? No, but what is it? Every, everything else about that bit had to do with them training somehow. Yeah, he smeared it in his eyes so that he was he couldn't see. So he had to practice fighting without being able to see. Then he shot an arrow and then, at him. And then he shoots him with a bow and arrow. <laughs> even even talking about it gets me. It's, like, it's that funny. <laughs> scene is super absurd like it's so incredibly over the top there's silly slapstick jack black is shirtless wearing a cape which is just funny in itself 
Yeah. And this is like the this training montage has like the most Napoleon Dynamite like keyboard uh song which i feel like the soundtrack in this movie is like a very strong part of it especially like kind of the recurring like nacho libre theme song uh yes I, I, like i really like and like the bubblegum song when they get paid later there's a lot of really really yeah. good soundtrack stuff here there was there was really good soundtrack i think that in a jack black movie you gotta have good music so at the night of the competition their opponent has groupies and everything like there's clearly the losers. They look ridiculous and out of place. Um, uh, Jack Black is wearing like sweatpants and like a sweat crop top. <laughs> Why? Why was he wearing a crop sweat? <laughs> it's an iconic look. I love absolutely would wear what he was wearing. It's very much in trend right now. Yeah. He started it. Um, his partner gets his ass just completely handed to him. They rip out his hair. <laughs> Which is like, that's like a running gag, right? That like they rip out his hair every time. I feel like Steven, uh, aka Escaleto, is like, he's just a collection of running jokes with the, like the hair pulls, the I only believe in science, which he says right before the match. And that's amazing. And the, yeah. the corn, like that's, that's his three character traits. Yep. He's, he's the Pedro, I guess. But I think he's mm. better. I like. I loved this character. I thought he was so delightful. You did. This yeah. is so strange. <laughs> Esquelito. I like that he's that his nickname as a fighter is the skeleton because he's so lame. Mm-hmm. I know, but it's such a lame name for a fighter. Yeah. Um. So they both get completely obliterated, but Ignacio is just so hyped up by it. It doesn't <laughs> discourage him at all. Um, mm-hmm. And the ringmaster guy, is that what they, he would be called, comes in? Uh, I guess like the booker, the promoter? Sure, yeah, that guy comes in mm-hmm. and he's like, you guys were a fan favorite, here's some money, come back next week. Very mm-hmm. exciting stuff. I also, I think in the like the course of that wrestling match, as like the, the match as sort of like a narrative set piece of the movie is, is really good, because mm-hmm. you talked about how like the the opponents had groupies, and this is where we're introduced to like a couple of like nameless lineless extras in the crowd who like the the old man who like loves nacho and is at all of the matches oh um, yeah that. No, the man with the wonky eye <laughs> yeah that's every extra in this movie looks like the the dude from i think you should leave who talks about the steering wheel like they're all just oh like really God. weird looking people yes just um, like something slightly quirky about them yeah and but it's like over the course of the match like they they do show that like ignacio is actually good at this right like he's winning before he starts sort of uh playing to the crowd um and like i i like that from from sort of a a narrative perspective i also like that all of the wrestling in this movie is treated as a hundred percent (laughs) real yeah that's a really good point well, I did read that Lucha Libre, which is the kind of like type of wrestling that they're doing, is a real mm-hmm. form of wrestling that's kind of like more about freestyling. Like it's more freestyle kind than, of like, the wrestling we would see on TV. Yeah. Like, okay. But it's still. It's still, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still professional <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> it's still fake. That's a good point. That in this movie, just 100% everything is real. <laughs> I, that didn't even occur to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So he's able to make healthy food for the kids at the orphanage. He makes them salad. It's very exciting. He puts little faces on all <laughs> of it. He makes so many different salads. <laughs> so cute. Um, they sew their costumes. They're basically real luchadors now. They have like cape, mask, everything, handmade. It's great. You should make one, Maria. Totally. Yeah, that's my next sewing project. <laughs> um, the kid from the orphanage sees him in his outfit. Um, stretchy pants. Says, Another great quote. Yeah, when, when you're a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants in your room for fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Huh? I wrote, okay, get ready for Maria to scream. But my next note says... Jack Black is objectively hot in this movie. <laughs> he is, right? The mustache, the hair. Okay. <laughs> the energy. You are just even... interested in it. No. How can you say objectively when it's 100% your subjective opinion? Just to piss you off. Did you say hot? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's like, even you just when... need to, a man to crush you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he could. He's a wrestler. Okay. <laughs> when when they were doing the training montage and he was having the race with Escalito and they did the like them running in slow motion, I was like, "Damn, Jack Black is a thick king. Like he looks great." He is. I have an article open here that I would like to get into after, which is about how Jack Black huh? is hot and has sex appeal and how we deny him this because he's fat. But like No, no. Jack Black is very no, body don't positive. Deny it. No, we it's not because he's fat, it's because he's the silliest man on the planet. I like that. Like, <laughs> are you impersonating him right now? Help! <laughs> I knew that would break your brain, so I was excited to say it. <sighs> to quote Jack Black in another movie, it's because he's chubby, man, and sexy. <laughs> no, you, you exactly. to say that someone is objectively hot, you have to be able to envision yourself having sex with them. But I said objectively just to piss you off. I am upset. <laughs> As Drake would say. As Drake would say, I'm upset. I am upset. <laughs> so they come out for the first time as Nacho and Escalito. Es yes. Wow, I don't think I've ever tried to say Spanish I'm going to start calling you that. <laughs> Escalito. That's actually really funny. <laughs> I am very white and very bony. <laughs> so their opponents are like these two little people with fur and <laughs> so scary weird. masks on yeah they're satan's cavemen uh satan's cavemen were played by uh mascarita sagrada um who's like a famous like in in mexico in lucha libre they call them minis which i don't know how like pc that is but yeah. um so he he's really big in like AAA and uh, uh, was on a like yeah he he does stuff and then the other Satan's Caveman was El Torito who uh, wrestled for WWE for a little while actually he wore a little bull costume and uh, was uh, sort of like the mascot for a tag team of luchadors. Oh, who were who were called wrestled. He he also wrestled, but he he was like a mascot for these two luchadors who were called Las Matadores, and they came out dressed as matadors with like a little red thing, and he would run through the middle dressed as a little bull. Wow, I love that they're called Satan's Cavemen. Mm -hmm. That's a great name. That's what I'm going to call Mushu. Satan's Cavemen. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, that must have been so interesting to go back and rewatch this movie after you know so much about wrestling now. Yeah, it does like it really 
There's a lot of stuff in this, I think, that, like, they did kind of put in there for, like, wrestling fans that you can mm-hmm. kind of pick up on, not not even just in, like, the casting, but, like, some of the, uh, like, uh, one of the Satan's Cavemen hits, like, a, a move called a 619, which is, like, Rey Mysterio's finishing move, mm-hmm. who's, like, probably the most well-known, like, luchador in North America. I do know that name. I am just shocked today. Yeah. That was I was wearing a a Rey Mysterio mask when we started. Got this it. Call. Okay, noted. Oh. Noted. Um. So the, yeah, this fight is absolutely bonkers. Uh, Nacho smacks his opponent in the face with a churro from the audience. <laughs> from an old lady. I love it. That poor old lady. I'd be so mad if I got my churro snatched up. There's also an incredible cut where they, we cut from them like in the heat of the match to them after the match, just sitting there sweaty and tired. It was very funny. Mm-hmm. Tell me something. Do you know if Jack Black did his own stunts and stuff? I looked it up, and I think he had a stunt double. He did get um, injured, though. Who is like, he apparently he, got a black eye on, on the set, and they had to postpone by three months. Mm-hmm. So he must have been doing something. Yeah, like I think I think obviously like especially later because they take off his mask in a lot of these matches. Like they remove his mask in this match, and you have like Chancho block the TV so that the orphans don't find out who the man under the mask is. Like he protects Nacho, which again I think that like relationship between him and the orphans is really great. Yeah, me too. Um, I do think it's like it's interesting, kind of like the almost the opposite of what we were just talking about of like having stuff in there for people who do like wrestling is like they do play really fast and loose with a lot of the wrestling rules okay and like something like taking someone's mask off would be a huge like sign of disrespect in in like lucha libre like you have usually you would have like a yeah usually you would have like a big build up to like a match where the loser has to take off their mask and reveal their face and it's like a like a shame thing almost so it's it's kind of funny how how frequently they take off his mask which like does kind of work narratively to show that he's like an outsider and that like the people in this industry the like established powers that be don't respect him um like kind of works as well but i agree they kind of i think they could have saved that to be a bigger reveal if it didn't happen over and over again like it could have been a bigger loss for him yeah so at this point they're earning a lot of money um they are eating elote by the pool <laughs> uh there was a shot of the of steven getting a pedicure that was one of the most disgusting things <laughs> i've ever seen <laughs> um nacho buys himself f- fancy <laughs> shoes he and steven are basically like balling out <laughs> And mm-hmm. then Nacho ca- catches a bunch of the um, the orphans re- like pretend wrestling, and the nun breaks them up. She's all mad, and he has to basically pretend that he doesn't know anything about wrestling, and he has to denounce it. <laughs> that that monologue is the fucking best. Where he he says he so much of his like obsession with wrestling revolves around like quote unquote like goodies and creams and lotions (laughs) like he says those words so many times in this movie (laughs) that's what he thinks of as like the rich lifestyle yeah yeah uh he talks about how it is in the bible not to wrestle your neighbor (laughs) Uh, yeah i love this monologue there's something about just the i don't at this point you're like the accent is is a lost cause but the way he says things (laughs) is just so funny in this monologue it's so absurd i 
I will frequently refer to things like day to day as debased or it's fantastic yeah. like all the time or like ooh that's really good like which all come from this one single scene and it has completely infected like yeah that's also like an early 2000s thing is to have this super quotability yeah. mm-hmm. i feel like we don't we don't yeah. get that question. and and it's exactly what you were saying that like the accent is such a lost cause like especially when you get to this point in the movie i don't even it's not even like an accent so much as it's like a cartoon voice it's like borderline borat at this point (laughs) but uh, whatever you're at this point everyone's on board so or not or we were forced Mm -hmm. to i guess and it's but it's still like there's still an emotional core to this monologue right where he like it's the tortured like where he has to pretend that he loves his life that he lay in a bed by himself all of my life and wake up at 5 a.m. and make some soup. <laughs> like, and there is like, he grounds it. He, it's Jack Black is amazing. He grounds this. It's about the children and it's about his wishes for something more. He balances silly and heartfelt like nobody else. It's because he's crazy. Yeah, but it's there's there is something there's something. About <laughs> no, no, I agree. I just think yeah. that also it's only like a crazy yeah. person like Jack Black can do that. Yeah, um, he so he goes to tell Stephen about basically how he has a crush on the nun, um, and Stephen's like, "Take her out on a date. Uh, I will have some friends come. We will pretend beat you up, and you can win." What a plan! So he flexes on her in his recreation clothes. <laughs> he lunges. He like tightens butt. Say the <laughs> the tight butt. <laughs> The blue, like, he picked a powder blue that, like, works for Jack Black. Like, this is where my note about Jack Black being hot was. Yeah. Like, was in this specific outfit and this specific scene. And he oozes confidence. You know he's feeling good in what he's wearing. Mm-hmm. I liked, yeah, I really liked that outfit. And at the end, he wears, like, a baby blue, like, ensemble as well. Well, it's his, it's his costumes color. It's a signature look. Yeah. Beneath the clothes we find the man, and beneath the man we find his nucleus is, like, also one of the best lines in this entire that movie. That got a big laugh for me. That was the biggest laugh, I think, for me. <laughs> um, so he starts to fight these two men who he just, I guess, assumes are Stephen's friends, um, and then he ends up getting beat up. Nacho's frustrated because he wants to be a fighter, but he can't even beat up random people on the street. He and Steven get into a fight. Um and eventually Steven says that he thinks he knows someone who can help. He knows a water gypsy who can give them eagle eggs, which possess magical powers. So he could become the greatest fighter that ever lived. Played by um, the guy who played Chernobog on American Gods, Peter oh. something. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like a... Yeah, some like a Scandinavian missionary uh, to this movie. Yes. <laughs> um, so he has to climb up a cliff to get the eagle yoke, and if he eats the yoke, he will gain the powers of an eagle. Um, so he does it. He drinks the yoke. It's disgusting. He farts and jumps into the water. <laughs> I hated all of that scene. The it was so cuddle. <laughs> the yoke is the most disgusting thing I think I've ever seen. But the the visual gag in this thing where he like he smashes the egg with the rock and then drops the rock and it just does like a cut to the boat and it misses Chernobog's head by like a foot. Uh like the rock coming down and splashing in the water is great. Fantastic visual comedy. 
works on every level. This scene is so weird and unnecessary because nothing comes of it. Nope. Like they <laughs> they fight more fights, they lose, they lose again. They're even more frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um uh they decide to approach the guy who owns all of the big like arenas, I guess. All the he owns all the rings in the city. Oh, yeah. um, and they find out he's having a party the next night. When uh, Nacho's out with the um, the orphans, they see the uh, the big famous luchador guy. What's his name again? Ramses. And he approaches him and tries to get an autograph for the kids, and he <laughs> just completely ignores him. And then he gets tackled by the bodyguard. I think. No, I think he gets punched in the face yeah. by Ramses, who's like, "Leave." R- Ramses pushes him into a cart full of watermelons. <laughs> Everything's going really badly for him. Sister Encarnacion comes to tell him that there's no food for the children the next day. He's like, yeah, 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 I'll deal with it. Don't worry, don't worry. He and Steven try to get into the fancy party, but they're not let in, so they try to sneak in. Nacho's too fat to get up the wall, so Steven just goes by himself. That was so mean. I know. <laughs> what a bad friend. <laughs> um, but then luckily, a group of men with instruments who are dressed pretty much identically <laughs> to him show up. So he's <laughs> able to sneak in pretending that he is a member. Yeah, they're all in their PJs. They're all in silk frilly tops. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steven approaches the the owner, Booker guy, and um, tells him that he and Nacho are ready to go pro. They kind of laugh at him, but then they do tell him about an upcoming mm-hmm. competition. Steven meets a lady who tries to seduce him. This was a, also an insane subplot. She, but it also it also leads to the when she says he says how did you get up here so fast and she says hidden tunnels in the that, walls. That was the one that and got they, me. they like pan over. Yeah, and there's like a three foot wide hole. It's so stupid. That's the joke that got me. Yeah, for sure. I I didn't really. Yeah, so dumb. But I'll laugh. I'll laugh at anything. That's what I've learned watching this movie. (laughs) Um, Nacho has to sing at the party because he's pretending to be a musician, and he ad libs, and it's incredible. And this, so apparently, this was like completely improvised by Jack Black. I believe that. I love that. And the. There's an amazing YouTube video that, like, again, going back to, like, how, like, this movie is, like, a definitive movie for me and my sister. There's a great video on YouTube where somebody dubbed this over uh, the scene in Lord of the Rings where Pippin has to sing for Denethor while his son is being killed. Oh, my God. That's so funny. So stupid. So two men. Okay, I was a little confused about this. These two men slashed their tires. Why was that? Yeah, so I think these are these are two guys that like in the montage of the eagle eggs not working where we see them like wrestling a whole bunch of different tag teams. I these are the two guys that were beating them with belts. Yeah. Oh. Yep. <laughs> so they are they are previous wrestling rivals. Got it. Um, and this is when Steven throws yeah. the elote at them and it lands in the guy's, the co- <laughs> cob of corn lands in the guy's eye. <laughs> it was very unexpected. <laughs> That's not what I expected to happen. It's like, this is where the movie took a turn from like being like kind of Wes Anderson meets Edgar Wright to like, we get one scene where it's just Robert Rodriguez and then we're going right back to the, uh, the Wes Anderson aesthetic. Yeah, there's these uh, outbursts of true silliness that is unlike (laughs) anything else Mm -hmm. 
So, <laughs> but then we cut. We don't even address it. We just go to the next scene. I love that. <laughs> it makes it funnier. I thought it was really well edited. Like the editing was, the comedic timing of the edits was pretty great. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So at this point, Nacho is driven to the point of wanting to quit. He puts his priest clothes back on. Steven's mad. He says he hates orphans. <laughs> I laughed out loud at that as well. <laughs> Me too. That actually is probably my favorite line. Like, and he's like, you hate all of them? He's like, yes, I hate <laughs> all of them in the world. <laughs> Jack Black needs him to reiterate it. Come again? Say it again to my face. There's something so funny about being like, yes, the like saddest people on earth. I hate them. <laughs> that is really funny. Oh, I wish I watched this movie Stone now. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> it's hard though. Well, for me, when I, I don't want to be stoned when I'm taking notes. So yeah. I got to find that balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a hard life. Yeah. For podcasters everywhere. The struggle is real. Nacho has a conversation with Sister Encarnacion, who basically hints at the fact that he's a sinner for fighting and that he needs to repent and uh i don't know apologize i guess yeah and like she's mad at him because she like she's in the kitchen cooking the breakfast because like he didn't get the groceries that he said he would get when right. he went out to the party right. instead um so in church he lights a candle while praying and it catches on fire which reveals all of his wrestling clothes underneath his robe <laughs> um, <laughs> he everyone sees he's exposed he says that god is going to help him in the ring tonight at the big competition he's going to win money for the orphanage he has all this big talk he says he's going to buy a big bus and take them on field trips which is gets paid off later so we see in another very wes anderson moment we see all of the competitors for that night and their stats Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah out of all of these people one of them is like a uh wrestler the the el snowflake oh, yeah. was uh uh so he was human tornado who was like an american independent wrestler uh who had his gimmick was kind of like a black exploitation like shack sort of uh sort of gimmick that he had for a while but so that dude was a real guy and then the other thing that i really liked about this is that like um again in like lucha libre there's a lot of like cultural uh sort of stuff and like they have um Muneco, who is a exotico wrestler, which is like a uh, male luchador who basically dresses in drag and wrestles in drag and is like a whole there's it's kind of a whole like historical thing about like parodying the machismo of like professional wrestling and the machismo of like lucha libre. Um, so it was cool to see like a nod to that in this movie, even if it was just like a character who probably has less than 15 seconds of screen yeah. time. No, that's really, um, cool. but I did think that was great. That's so fun. I want to look into that. What an interesting concept. subculture. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a really good episode of um, it's a vice uh, TV mm-hmm. show that like Damien Abraham, uh, like Toronto weed aficionado and singer for fucked up. Like, did right. a TV show for Vice about wrestling, and he has an episode specifically about Exoticos that's really good. Um, but like that whole series is really really cool. For he just goes around the world and like sees like wrestling in different countries and cultures and sort of like examines that. I actually remember that. Yeah, I remember when that came out, mm-hmm. but I never watched any of it. But now I'm now I'm intrigued. It's it's re- really I like really that good. guy. Yeah, 
Uh, and the, the other great thing about this is that certain people's signature moves include throwing people, chair strikes, and kicking. Uh, like, that's their, their best move. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just total chaos in the ring, and it does not go well. Oh, yeah, it all happens at once. All these people fight each other at once. Yeah, which I did not realize was going to happen. Me neither. Um, kind of like a, doesn't go well. a Royal Rumble sort of situation. Yeah. Um, so he leaves the monastery and heads off into the wilderness. Um, <laughs> Stephen comes to find him. He's like, oh, the guy who's going to fight tonight got injured. Like, a.k.a. he ran over his toe, so he was injured. Yeah. Steven ran over the guy's and toe. Steven ran over Silencio's toe for, like, not giving children bread, right? So he's, like, the complete antithesis to uh, uh, to Nacho. Right. Good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nacho was second place, so he's next in line to fight. Um, Steven's like, the children need a hero. You got to do it. I changed my mind. I don't hate orphans anymore. <laughs> Sister Encarnacion finds a letter from Nacho detailing the situation and what he's going to do, how how he's going to fight the number one wrestler guy tonight and revealing his feelings for her. Mm-hmm. And I loved, I loved that his handwriting was so bad. And I loved that he signed it. Like he was like, wrote all this like confession. Then he was like, but whatever. Yeah. And then he wrote XOXO. But they say like, hug, hug, keys, keys, big hug, little keys. Like the, the voiceover of that is great. And the, the like surety with which he says that he's going to die in the wilderness, despite setting up like a little camp, like five feet from a village is great. I loved that letter. I loved how he ended it where he's like, I love you, but like, it's chill. But also, I love you. <laughs> Very relatable. Um, he has written a song for her as well. Um, he sings it. This this scene is actually like, aside from the silly song, it's very beautiful visually where they're getting ready for the match in that, um, I guess, like a change room and there's like the tile mm-hmm. and it's very colorful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but... This one is a little much for me. You know, all that he's singing about breaking his vow of celibacy. No, just like <laughs> unless you want the to. way he was singing it, it, it was just a little much. Uh, this I like this song is like the high point of the movie for me. I love <laughs> like this is the best. This is if if I was in a band that was going to cover a song from Nacho Libre, it would be the Encarnacion yeah. song for sure. I think you have to. I think that's like really your calling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Black's singing is just so captivating. He A has such a great voice and B is so silly. Like the lyrics of the song are bonkers. Um, but he you just can't take your eyes off him. It's it's almost like a What's happening? like it's almost like if you took like an entire meatloaf song and condensed it into 45 seconds. Like <laughs> the amount of key changes and kind of like tempo shifts. Yeah, it's it's delightful in my opinion. Like I Man, I was obsessed with that song Tribute, that Tenacious D song mm. when I was a kid. They're talented, dude. I gotta rewatch that movie. So they get interrupted by a guy telling them that they're ready for them in the ring. And there's all this crazy fanfare and fireworks for Ramses. Ramses? Yep. And he's got like a bajillion fans in the audience. But um, eventually people start cheering for Nacho. And... Uh, Ramsey starts unfairly beating him up because he's 
jealous, I guess. Yeah, because he's a real <laughs> douche. He is. And he rips off Nacho's mask. And then he gives, and then Nacho gives Ramses an atomic wedgie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a good gag. Which, like, that gold underwear <laughs> yeah. would not have had that much stretch to it. That would hurt real bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's about to lose. Nacho's about to lose. His neck is under Ramsey's foot. And then he sees the his favorite orphan kid and Sister Encarnacion show up mm-hmm. and walk in. And it gives him the power to rally and knock Ramsey's out of the ring. He dives onto him, knocks him out. For some reason, it's so funny. Like, he makes wrestling funny somehow. Because <laughs> he flies. Because yeah. he's just fucking flying. <laughs> and he wins. And everyone cheers. Yeah. I want to shout out that, like, again, little small wrestling thing is that, like, the move that he uses to win the match is called a crucifix pin, which fits in with him being, like, a priest. Um, and it. it's it's playing his, like, I am a religious man song, which, like, again, I like the repetition, like, that leitmotif for his, his character is really great. Yes, and the the he's finally reconciled his love of fighting and his love of god yeah (laughs) we cut to a very colorfully painted bus driving through the mexican wilderness nachos driving the orphans sister encarnacion and steven on a field (laughs) trip just like he promised and they go up to monte alban which is a famous historical site that i have also been to wow Mm. yes very cool if you ever have the chance to go it is wild and put on sunscreen because it's really high up altitude wise i got really burnt (laughs) I hope they were all wearing i hope jack black had sunscreen on his belly <laughs> <laughs> i would like you know how there's some um, people that like do they like travel to like to new zealand to see where lord of the rings was filmed or they travel to like cleveland to go to the yeah. the uh christmas story house like i want to go to oaxaca specifically to see where nacho libre was made it would be so funny if you were like in this beautiful monument in Oaxaca and you were just like, yeah, this is where they shot Nacho Libre. Yeah, like I'm going to be standing on these historical sites just being like, <laughs> fucking like, my life is good, really good. Everyone will think you're American for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, the last shot of the movie is him doing this really weird, awkward smile. <laughs> I didn't really get it, but it really triggered me because this guy at... Um, my our old job who used to like sexually harass me that was his like little photo oh of jack black it was him making that face oh really and so like whenever he would send me like fucking awful messages over the like work chat that was his picture so when i saw that i was like oh Oh, interesting that's awful that's that's my picture on discord like no joke no (laughs) this guy is, is like a fucking like men's right activist. Yeah, he's the worst. Piece of shit. <laughs> Awful. Um, so I'm very mad that he ruined that last shot for me. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, Campbell. Do you know anything about the real guy who kind of inspired this movie, Friar Storm? Yeah. So I, I'm not super familiar with Frey Tormenta, like um, that era of like like i don't know lucha libre is like one of those things that like there's so much like history to like mexican wrestling specifically that i'm not super um involved in or like uh aware of like um there there's kind of like a, a few like really big names uh that i that i'm familiar with but like i knew that this was based on a real luchador who was like a priest and raised uh money through his his uh lucha libre for the orphanage um which is fucking cool Mm -hmm. um and like it it like 
he he was still doing like sporadic wrestling appearances as late as like the like probably around the time that this movie came out um but i'm not really yeah like he he would kind of show up like just to like the same way that like the rock shows up in wrestling now to just be like hey what's up i'm the rock um like Frey tormenta would yeah. still do like appearances and stuff in in uh mexican wrestling up until like the early 2000s hmm. that's cool um I, yeah i think probably that's about as far as the actual like factual oh part yeah of it goes <laughs> i think it's very very loosely based yeah. um it's it's interesting that that was a real guy who who really did that. So this movie came out in 2006, which is after School of Rock. Yes, as, so, as Campbell said, this was kind of his yeah. follow-up. So Jack Black is already a star at this point. I feel like he's like pretty established at this point, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this movie has a budget of $25 million, which isn't bad. Um, and it made uh, almost $100 million. So it did pretty well, generally. It's not very well received, I will say. Like Metacritic has it at like I think like less than fifty percent. So does Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes, it's at forty percent, I think. <clears throat> yeah, and like Robert Ebert gave it a scathing Roger. review. Oh my god! <laughs> every single fucking time, and like, look, I have it written down, Roger. I like every time I say I have to say his name on this podcast, I say it wrong. Anyway, what did he give it? He didn't, he gave, I don't know exactly what he gave it because I forgot to write it down, but what <laughs> he did say is something like, um, it's really hard to make a Jack Black movie not work, but somehow this movie like makes that happen. Aww. And I completely agree. Oof. I have to say like, this <laughs> was not funny. <laughs> this was like, this was very much a miss for me. This was very much like, a setup, a setup, a setup, a setup with almost no payoff. Like there was something missing. Maybe it was plot. Maybe it was like some real stakes or something, but the movie felt really, it really fell flat for me. I think my only, before we give you a chance to counter Campbell, (laughs) I, I think my, my only real problem with this film was despite the actual, like minute to minute editing being really good and really um, funny and comedic. I think the pacing of the movie was weird. I just like kind of wasn't sure when things were happening and what was serious. And I I just found it, the pacing to be, I I don't know. It lost me at times. I think. Mm. What are your thoughts? I, I would agree with that a little bit. Like, I think that it's very much kind of like a, like a movie of its time like if you think of like a lot of other like comedies and stuff that came out around there it was just like it was what we were talking about earlier where it's like get one funny dude um we're gonna build a bunch of like comedic set pieces for him to move through and have like the loose sort of like we're gonna pretend there's a plot like you could probably say the same thing about anchorman you could probably say the same thing about like like napoleon dynamite and like i think it's a thing where it's like it's very much like just the the sheer quotability of this for me and like the jack black performance and it's because everybody else in the movie doesn't really get a lot to do there's kind of there's like sister incarnacion might as well just be like a potted plant um and like the they kind of try and set up like the the superior priest at the monastery who's like always shitting on him as like a competitor 
for Sister Encarnacion's affections, but they don't really do a whole lot with that. Um, cause it's, it's way more about like the wrestling thing, which I, I don't know, I think is fine. I, th- I do think that like, I think they could have cut out, they could have cut out that plot line entirely because I almost think that it diminished the, um, struggle that he had between like wrestling and, and religion, mm-hmm. because then they threw something else in, which was sex, which was that he was struggling with the celibacy thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think if mm-hmm. they had cut that out, it would have been more of a, he would have been more at odds with himself. Mm-hmm. Like the one thing that I think, is yeah, bringing him I think away you're right. from his religion. Cause you're right. Like she didn't offer anything. Yeah. No, there was, a, that's what I mean. That's, and that's what I meant more with like the, that there's setups and then there's no payoff kind of, that there's a lot of things like even his friendship with, um with Steven, that was like, you know, when, when push came to shove, when he had to bring him to the party, like their friendship didn't matter. Like you didn't bring him up. You know what I mean? Like it felt like a lot of, I see your point. Yeah. Missed. It's. I do think that it like where it hits though for like from a character perspective is that like they do such a great job of like making the story be about Nacho and like the children and like the mm-hmm. every and again like a lot of it is like the the editing and like the visual language of the movie of like those kids always being around or like when he runs out after being when he says like. Uh, maybe it's time for me to get some better duties and you just show the one kid with the like single tear rolling down his cheek is like very touching but very heartfelt as well that kid's really funny yeah um yeah like yeah and the, the yeah his relationship with the one kid the chubby kid mm-hmm. was really sweet how the kid was like i won't tell and he really um clearly admired him and looked up to him yeah that that was really sweet and, and you're right like it does have this emotional um connection like the, at no point are you there's always a warmth mm-hmm. to everything that happens like it's never they they juxtapose the like fighting and stuff with this like loving friendly like chosen family kind of plot line that i think really makes it feel good mm-hmm. yeah i'm not saying that it's terrible i just i'm just saying that you know yeah. like there i laughed there were moments that i laughed i mean jack black is very funny dude and, and i hot. <laughs> and i and i appreciate him like i've always thought he was really funny and like i always admired his energy reminds me a lot of my own energy at times (laughs) um so but yeah something just i feel like it wasn't it wasn't about him you know it it just kind of fell flat i think it's more the director's fault Plus, also, I want to get into like the a little bit this kind of like parody of Mexico that I did that I thought was a little like offensive. Before we move on, can I just say they also shot this film on film on thirty five yeah. millimeter, which I think is part of why it looks so damn good. Mm-hmm. The look, it looks good. It, it looks, looks really, really good. good. Yeah. It's really warm. I wrote it down. I was like, I, the look, the cinematography, the the warmth, the- it adds a lot to the movie. How nicely shot it is. Yeah. Oh, and it's also really beautiful around there. So yeah. it captures that part of the country really yeah. nicely. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on with what you're going to say. No, like, I mean, it's. I feel like this is the way that they treated Jack Black playing a Mexican character is something that wouldn't happen today. Like putting on that stupid accent and like essentially playing a Latino like that as like being a very much a white man i even was like trying to see if like maybe jack black has some latino like inside him and i was like no he doesn't he's just a white guy uh. um 
yeah, so I kind of did some research about this before because I that was my first thought was like, what do Mexican people think of this? Yeah. Um, the general consensus from the internet, and obviously this could not be what the Population. majority of people think, <laughs> but from what I could find on the internet, it seems like Mexican people fucking love this movie. <laughs> um, and this person, uh, someone posted a question online that was like, how did Jack Black get away with this? Um, and this person, Matthew Lara, answered, um, he was saying that like, um, hold on. Secondly, mainly Mexican, many Mexicans don't get easily offended is part of this answer. So <laughs> like, my dad has the DVD. But I think that there have been so many negative stereotypes of Mexican people in media and particularly in American media that people view this as like quite good natured and like in good fun sort of. Uh-huh. Um, I looked at a couple of Reddit threads as well. Um, just people saying like, it, it isn't slanderous. It represents the Mexican people. Like it pokes fun at Mexican people and culture, but it does, it represents them as individuals who each have strengths and weaknesses. Uh, I, my, it wasn't so much Jack Black's character. I mean, apart from the fact that everyone was speaking English, which was, you know, not the language that at people. At least the signage and stuff was in. And from <laughs> my, act, in fact, can I, I will say from my experience in Oaxaca specifically, very few people spoke English mm-hmm. uh, or were willing to speak English. Um, I had to make a big effort to speak terrible it's Spanish. super <laughs> common, though, to do a movie where it takes place in a country and no one's yeah, speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then it, on top of that is the accent. Yeah. And then also I have a bit of a problem with Stephen. Stephen? Mm-hmm. He, he's like this very, like, dirty, poor, mm-hmm. just, like, street man. Uh, who's also a thief mm-hmm. and like i don't know i thought that was a little yeah and like who has like poor hygiene it's just it's like-, like i think it's just kind of like the bar is really really low <laughs> for cultural appropriation and like you know racially insensitive things that people are like we'll give this one a pass at it's, least it's funny <laughs> it's funny and it's warm yeah i don't know what's your experience with this campbell um okay i want to i want to put it out there first that I wanted to talk about Wayne's World and how Penelope Spheris is like an underrated female director of the early 90s, and instead we have to ruin Jack Black for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not ruining Jack Black. Like he, I think, I think he is. It was. Let's say that it was also a different time, and this hasn't really tarnished his reputation. Like, yeah, I think you could get away with more things at the time. It and- is also so over the top, like. Honestly, his accent sounds like he's not even trying. Mm -hmm. So it's almost so ridiculous that you can dismiss it because you're like, it's not meant to be reality. I think they even made her, um, I think they were playing with the accent as well too, though, because at some point, um, Sister Encarnacion, when she's talking about what she likes, she says that she likes poopies, like puppies. That was like an exaggerated, like I think they probably asked her Mm -hmm. If anything, I think this movie is going to be like people are going to look back at it in the same way that like you talk about um, uh, like patanking, I, th- I think is like the term for it, where like Southeast Asian actors are often asked to put on like an Apu voice um, if if they're in movies. And oh, it's like right. so having ha- like a lot of people are go- probably going to look at this as like Mexican patanking. Um of of taking people where like i'm sure that that's not her real accent and the fact that they asked her to do that 
is in some ways worse than like Jack Black putting on a cartoon voice that does that sounds like vaguely Mexican yeah. but isn't even really. Um, I don't know. Like this is this is also like it's such a cop out to say like it's a product of its time, but it's this is also like around the same time where the way that a lot of comedy dealt with like racial uh, issues was to like we're going to point out racism by doing something incredibly racist like it, uh, tropic thunder came out like with jack black two years after this um it's like i love tropic thunder by the way <laughs> just it, it's it holds a weird spot in my heart like it just makes me laugh i don't mm-hmm. know that's it okay it's noted noted tropic thunder's fucking I, funny I think that's a really good yeah, I think that's a really good point, though, about it. It is, like, kind of satirical, but then it's still happening. Mm-hmm. So, and and there is something to say about the quotability of the movie and yeah. that the main character has this, like, kind of offensive accent is that when you're quoting it, you're going to be doing this accent. Mm-hmm. And it, that is a problem. Yeah. Like, that is something that you see the, little kids repeating, Um and probably, you know, if you in 2006, if you like met a little Mexican kid, you might do that voice at yeah. him. And like, that's not great. You're, you're going to edit out all of the times when I did the accent in this episode, right? <laughs> I mean, whatever. It is what it is. But we can do better. For sure. You know? like, I do also think that yeah, like, we don't have to do this. In this movie, like, there is kind of an interesting thing where they talk about when they talk about like his like biracial parentage, especially in the context of like her being a Lutheran missionary, there's, there's like a conversation to be had about like, could this have been a movie about like a, it's like, like a movie about colonialism and a movie about like the, the products of, of uh, products of colonialism is a weird way to speak about, people but you know what i mean like that idea of like not being torn between two worlds and like whether the world is like um racial like if it's white versus latino or if it's like sort of as a metaphor they use like religion and wrestling um uh Mm. is like there's something i think there's something interesting there i'm not saying that this movie tackles it appropriately and i'm definitely not saying jack black is like the right person to do that Um, but it was, it was something that makes me think it's also a thing where like, like I can't think of, I think I can think of like one other movie with a white passing mixed race protagonist, um, which is like big hero six is the only other thing that I can think of. But like, as someone who's like white passing mixed race, that's, it's weird watching Nacho Libre and being like, this is all I got. This is my representation in film, and it's super yeah. fucking racist and weird. But and it's just a white guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I that's so true. It was kind of a cop-out, you know, to put that in, that kind of trying to excuse themselves. Totally, You yeah. know what this made me think of? What's that actor who was in Hot Chick who's played every single Rob race? Schneider. Rob Schneider. <laughs> yeah. Rob Schneider has played literally, I think... He's probably played like every. He's race played Asian. Them. He's played. He's played Arab. He's played Latino. Mm-hmm. Like Hawaiian. Hawaiian. It's incredibly terrible. Yeah. <laughs> he's built his whole career by playing different races. It's him and Ben Kingsley. That's a whole other. Yeah, right. Oh my god, that was not that long ago that he did brownface. 
just it's, yeah. yeah don't cast white men as <laughs> people who are not white men that's the bottom line here um i believe most of the actors were mexican mm-hmm. like oh. are of Mex- mexican descent like jack black is the only white guy yeah is that true i think you're Which, right at least there's that yeah i mean it's written and directed by a white couple but oh really yeah but, you know, they did, I think they did take care other than the Nacho Libre character. But, I mean, he's the main character, yeah. so. Hmm. Anyway, apparently people in Mexico love this movie and think it's hilarious. Um, okay, I want to get into my uh, new segment, mm. which okay. is where I read letterbox reviews. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, fuck you, Robert <laughs> Ebert. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hear what Maddie has to say. Um, so I, I, I got a few, some of them are like a little more like, actual reviewee okay others because some of them i thought was a really were actually really great summations of my own feelings about the film this one's from jason hong he says dumb as hell but it was just what i needed to watch while sick in bed the humor doesn't always land and it feels childish at times but surprisingly it was kind of well shot question mark (laughs) like low-key the colors are kind of (laughs) nice don't really have much else to say, but that one song Jack Black sings towards the end of the film was really funny. I had a good time, but I don't think I'll remember much of this in the near future. Rico from Hannah Montana shows up too. <laughs> I agree with this person. I thought you might. Um, okay, S. Barrett says, I'm a sucker for Jack Black's act- face acting in this movie. The childlike inability to keep any inner thought masked from his facial <laughs> reactions is just so damn lovable. Still makes me laugh out loud. The older and more out of shape I get, the less fat I think Jack actually is in these movies. <laughs> that belly is hard as a rock. Sweet, funny, heartfelt. This is a quick 90-minute rainy Saturday crowd pleaser. Okay. Agreed. Um, this one says, this one's by Jackson. He says, Nacho Libre came out in 2006. Darren Aronofsky saw this, decided he wanted to make his own version, and two years later, he made The Wrestler. Fuck you, Aronofsky, you hack. Fuck. I- <laughs> I was going to make a fuck you Aronofsky joke later. (laughs) No way. This one from Francis just says, Jack Black makes me feel safe. Oh, that's sweet. Which I agree with. I agree. And then this last one I'll finish with was from Maddie. She said, yes, I'm stoned. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's really funny. So I think that covers all the bases, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of taking every angle in this movie. I, I was surprised actually at how hard it was to find like some essays about people talking about the cultural appropriation in this movie. Yeah. Mm, there wasn't a lot of information like, on the internet. Do people not care? I, again, I think it's like this movie is kind of like a footnote in the, uh, a funny little footnote on the epic ass of uh, Jack Black's career um, that like pe- people yeah. don't really remember yeah. this movie that much. That's true. It kind of flies under the radar in that way. How did we culturally deal with the fact that there was a Jack Black and a Jack White? Did anyone ever address this? <laughs> I believe so. And Jack Black's part, like writing partner guy is, is Ned named White. Mike White. Oh, Mike White. Yeah. Or, Mike White. Yeah. yeah. He, he wrote this movie, I think. He played Ned Schneebly in School of Rock. Oh, oh this is Ned Schneebly. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you're picking up your phone. You did the whole game. I often say that when I pick up the phone. Actually, it's one of my favorite things to say. The name Ned Schneebly is okay. Incredible. We got to do a School of Rock episode, but the name Ned Schneebly is like the greatest fictional name of all. Time. <laughs> I'm surprised that this is the first Jack Black movie that we've done. Me too. Hmm. He rules, man. He's Kung Fu Panda, right? Yep. Yeah. I think that's really funny. Kung Fu mm-hmm. Panda's excellent. Yeah. 
Which is a little is we gotta get some uh, some some younger listeners that want to do that as their formative movies. I'd be down. Campbell, do you have any final thoughts before we get to our our Mushu rating? Uh, how did you feel watching it today compared to watching it as a kid? I I mean like I watched this movie so frequently like <laughs> that it was kind of like it's like I I watch this movie I know every word to this like. I don't know. Yeah. It's 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 uh, like there is no difference to me watching it now to watching it as a kid. Um, it's like it's like comfort food. Um, That's yeah. so sweet. Yeah. yeah. More more than final thoughts. I actually had a final question for you two. Uh, that like I was hope I was hoping it. this movie would inspire uh, you and like if you guys were going to have a wrestling gimmick or a lucha libre gimmick, what would your what would your character be? Oh, that's such a good question. I'm sure that you have thought of this for yourself. Do you have one that you can like warm us up? Yeah, with? I can vamp for you. Um, so yeah, please do. Here's the biggest the issue with this is that like in 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 like a lot of wrestling, like especially in the 80s and 90s, like your gimmick was just like a job. Like they had like uh, they had like the Mountie who was just a Mountie, or they had like. Uh, the repo man who 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 like had feuds with people by stealing their stuff or like the undertaker right we kind of see this on glow yeah totally yeah. on glow they have like the really like some of them are horrible racial stereotypes yeah. some of them are like and yeah, and yeah. and then it became a thing where the idea is that like your wrestling characters like your own personality turned to 11 so like my gimmick would mm-hmm. By those two things, my gimmick would be uh, like a butcher who is like comes out to like a great like punk entrance theme. Um, but there's already a wrestler that I have to watch on TV whose gimmick is that he's a butcher and he actually plays in like a very successful punk band. Uh, and he's really bad at no yeah, and he like he's not really that good at doing either of them. So it's super super frustrating to see my gimmick being I stolen by this guy. Um, so my backup, oh, my backup would be a, a Jimmy Buffett themed wrestler, uh, where I would be billed as from Margaritaville. Cause they always say like from parts unknown or like from somewhere. And, uh, my finish, my finishing move would be the, uh, changes in latitudes, changes in attitude adjustment, which is a joke that like maybe one of your listeners is going to understand <laughs> the, and that listener is going to be me. I don't know what it is, but I like it. It's the name of a Jimmy Buffett song <laughs> mixed with the name of John Cena's oh. finishing move. So, Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know how we're going to top that. Okay, I have something. Okay. Yeah. I have something. Go for it. Okay, so it's a mix of the fact that I'm Greek and the fact that I'm hyperactive. So mm. my final move is that before I strike my, my move, I sit in a position of a Greek statue a very like poised position. And then when I realize that it's about, it's my time to shine, I break my stance into a tornado of fury <laughs> and my, I, I land a final hook. You should do something like Medusa related. <gasps> That's good too. Mm. But then I have to wear No, not necessarily. A headpiece. But you could have, it could be like a weapon. Oh, I love that. Okay, I changed my mind. Take two. Okay. You could have something about like turning people to stone. And it could also be like a horny thing. Yes, exactly. Same page. Mm -hmm. Same page. For the record, I came up with Maria's Instagram handle. (laughs) She did. She's a genius. Julia Hubi is a genius. (laughs) She thinks mine is Julia 
<laughs> and has for the entire time she's known me. And it is, and I'm not changing my mind. And then maybe mine should be Julia Hooby. <laughs> but what would that be? Um, man, I don't know what mine would be. Could you make yours is that, yeah, yours is like, you're like, your gimmick is that you're really like writing in your journal and you're really sad about something. I like and it. Then when some, and then when some, but the thing is that you have a breaking point, like you're not super into it and you're just like, oh, and you're sad. And then when someone is like, um, gets you really mad you use your elbows as striking like because you're because your elbows are so sharp <laughs> it's true they are sharp <laughs> my dad's elbows are like weapons yeah i i yours are too and but your that's knees like so lame <laughs> i'm writing in a journal and then i hit people with my elbows but you get to like fucking turn into a statue and spin around and <laughs> make people rocks okay fine that's whatever i'll take it <laughs> That is the most little sister energy that I've ever heard. Oh, I could do like a little sister thing. That could be fun. But I, I, maybe that would get creepy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Depending on who you ask. <laughs> like it would be fun to do like a spoiled brat kind of character. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Where like you like, oh, you know what I would do? I would do something that's like super feminine. I would be like fucking Elle Woods in there. Like I would mm. be like pink, pink, pink. And then like end up being really tough and a good competitor and it would be like a fun juxtaposition of like femininity and toughness i like this nice i think we're set this was a great question <laughs> yeah thank you it really makes you think of who you are at the core yeah right <laughs> well now we ask you the question what would you rate this movie on a scale of one to five mooshus one being the worst five being the best this is like easily a four and a half mooshu for me Okay. Okay, Maria. This is a two and a half mushu for me. I think it is a two and a half mushu for me as well. Oh wow. Maybe a three. I it had a few really good laughs. It had a really nice warmth. I agree that it's like a feel good Sunday rainy day movie for sure. And as you described it as comfort food. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I found it a little boring at times. Mm-hmm. A little boring at times. I would, I would definitely. I'm. I'm happy to have seen it. Hell yeah! So, and now I know everything about wrestling. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it stoned with more people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I feel like watching it with Campbell would be really. Fun. Yeah, Campbell. When when we can hang out, yeah. we gotta watch this together. I want to hear you quote everywhere. Every single line in the totally not problematic voice at all. <laughs> Uh, I feel like watching it stoned would make me want to eat the elote like even more. Oh my god, yes. Mm. Fuck, I want that so bad. With some crickets. Thank <laughs> <laughs> oh, That could be like another thing. I could be like a cricket, I feel like, with the elbows. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's too much. Um, yeah, man. I wish we could go eat elote. <laughs> That was probably my number one takeaway. When I saw it, when they cut to the first shot of it, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's actually a this that I'm describing. Anyway, they, oh. they sell them together, like, Akita elotes, and they're like. Wait, what's the difference? That, well, the elotes on, is on the stick. On the stick, it's the corn, and the other one is, like, kind of like, they cut the uh, corn off of it, and they make it into, like, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. And then you, but it's the same, like, it's the same things. It's the same, like, right? sauce and the same. Right thing they just serve it in a corn husk 
I want like you know the way that the corn like shot into that guy's eye. I want it to just shoot into my mouth. <laughs> I would take that right now. Oh. Well, uh, anything you anything you want to plug? You have a podcast. I do. Yeah. If, Tell us about it. Uh, yeah, I do a wrestling podcast. If if all of the little side notes um, that I made in this podcast about wrestling weren't uh, incredibly boring for you, uh, you can check it out it's called stone cold shots we just crush beers and talk about random uh wrestling pay-per-views and uh yeah last episode we did wrestling weddings for valentine's day because uh, in wrestling sometimes people get married in the ring and it's one of my favorite things in the world for how oh absurd it is i'm 100 percent going back and listening to that it, is that incredible. like the bachelor <laughs> <laughs> they do wrestling dates on the bachelor sometimes nice excuse me they oh my did God. one this season and the girls got too violent and they had to stop wow this is the crossover no one asked for <laughs> i asked for it <laughs> um but yeah check out stone cold shots on uh like we're everywhere you can find this podcast you can find that podcast cool well Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. This was very fun. Yeah, it was. And thanks for bringing a feel good, you know, movie for us. Yeah, it was it was a great it was a great time watching it today. Yeah. I I was I'm smiling. <laughs> and uh guys, don't forget to rate, leave us say something, you know, wherever you're listening, say some good things. If you have to, you know, ether. say a bad thing, but whatever. Give us a rate and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.